In episodes 19 through 24, we've talked about the things you need in place to build something that will last. If you've listened to all of them, you probably have a list of strategic plans you need to make. As Christians, we can be very conflicted about planning. In one place, the Bible says God knows the hairs on our head, so don't worry about tomorrow. But in another place, it says the wise man plans ahead. What's a go-getter Jesus girl with wild, audacious dreams to do with that? Let's dive in and see why God's plans are better than anything we could imagine. Hey friend, welcome to Just One Simple Thing, the podcast where we find the intersection of practical solutions, biblical truth, and creativity as you lead in ministry and business. In order to make an impact, you have to take action even when you aren't 100% sure what God is up to. If you're tired of trying all the things and ready to do a new thing, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Krista Hutchins, a project manager, coach, wife, mom, encourager, and friend. In each episode, we tackle a specific issue keeping you stuck as you chase after your God dream and give you just one simple thing to help bring clarity to your swirl of creative ideas. Now, let's go solve a problem. Welcome to episode 25 of Just One Simple Thing. If you know me, you can imagine that I'm so excited about this episode. I'm all about making plans to meet your goals. But I know some of you struggle with that tension between making plans and trusting God. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think James sums it up for us when he says in James chapter 4, How do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? For the length of your lives is as uncertain as the morning fog. Now you see it, soon it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we shall live and do this or that. Otherwise, you will be bragging about your own plans, and such self-confidence never pleases God. See, the problem is not in making plans. The problem is in placing our confidence in our self-made plans, a confidence that rightly belongs in God. Jeremiah tells us that God knows the plans he has for us, and we can place our confidence in God's plans because His plans are better than anything we could come up with on our own. Let's look at four areas that we often mess up when making plans and see how God's plans are better. But first, before we dive in, I want to give you a little disclaimer. I want you to know that what I'm sharing is how I've seen God work in my own life. Some of these ideas could be used as excuses when you feel like you don't have it all together. God may have a very different experience for you. Where he works in me through orderliness and structure, he may be calling you to something that's a lot messier. So pray through this, take what resonates with you, and leave behind anything that could derail God's personal plan for you. Because after all, God's plan is better. Okay, let's get started. God's plans are better because they count the cost. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus paints a picture that is the stuff of my nightmares. He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? 
For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Is there anything scarier to a girl with a dream than the idea of being ridiculed because she started something she couldn't finish? I don't think so. I hear all the time from women who are afraid their idea or project is too big, more than they can handle, or too aggressive. That's a legitimate concern. The best way I know to determine if your plans are too aggressive is to count the cost. This passage in Luke is where Jesus tells us that following him as a disciple will cost us everything. Wealth, status, comfort, even our family relationships. Following God's plan for us will require sacrifice, but not in conflict with those things he's entrusted to us, things like our families, our health, and our relationship with him. When evaluating a potential plan or project, count the cost. Is it more than you can handle while staying under the protection of God's authority? Would you have to sacrifice more than you're willing or able to give? Number two, God's plans are better because they allow for rest. Psalm 127.2 is a verse that always hits me hard. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. God's plans require hard work, but they also allow time for rest. And I don't know about you, but I know that I rise early and stay up late all too often. In the ESV, part of Psalm 127.2 says, eating the bread of anxious toil. The word anxious speaks to the motivation of our hard work. If we're grinding and hustling out of fear that someone may pass us up or that we may lose the approval of others, then we are eating the bread of anxiety. This word anxiety in the Hebrew means sorrow, pain, and hurt. It's the same word used in Genesis to describe the pain of childbirth. It's also tied to the word used for idol in Isaiah 48. God calls us to rest in the midst of our plans because he knows that our prideful egos would be tempted to credit the idol of our own effort with the things that only he can do. Resting shows we trust God to fill in the gaps instead of continuing with painful toil, trying to do it all ourselves. Number three, God's plans are better because they are orderly. Now, let's get to some verses that speak my love language. 1 Corinthians 14 says, God is not a God of disorder. Contrary to what you may think of me, I can actually handle quite a bit of disorder. My desk at work it usually has piles of paper scattered all over it. If I file them, I'm afraid I'll never be able to find them again. But when it comes to plans, I do prefer to work on things in the proper sequence. Out-of-sequence work is a project manager's worst nightmare. It causes confusion, added cost, and late schedules. Proverbs 24:27 gives us a great outline for building our project plans. Prepare your work outside, get everything ready for yourself in the field, and after that, build your house. The three crucial steps of preparation mentioned in this verse are necessary before you can launch out into your plans. A. Prepare your work outside. Outside of your goals and plans, is your life in good shape? 
Is it prepared to take on the commitments you're about to make? B. Make it ready for yourself in the field. Have you made yourself ready? What resources are needed to carry out your plans, and have you made arrangements to acquire them? And then C. Build your house. Once your life is ready and you are ready, then it's time to do the work. And finally, God's plans are better because they include women. Often, I hear women say, I'm just not good at planning. I don't like structure. I can't figure out what to do next. And even as we enter the third decade of the 21st century, many people still think strategic planning is something men do, not women. Well, we have no better example of a strategic planning woman than the Proverbs 31 woman. All of that buying and selling, getting food from afar, considering fields, keeping the lamp burning, preparing for winter, all of that happened because of good planning. But the Proverbs 31 woman is superwoman, right? We certainly cannot live up to that perfection. What about us normal girls who just want to do the next right thing? Well, remember JL, our hero from episode 23? I'm sure when she woke up that morning, she had a full day plan to run her household, just like the Proverbs 31 woman. Killing an enemy of God's people was not written in any of those boxes on her planner. But God put an opportunity in front of her, and she devised a quick plan. It wasn't anything fancy, and it used the common items she had around her house, but it was wickedly effective. So don't let anyone tell you that women can't make plans. We are capable of not only making plans, but gracefully adjusting them to the unexpected and still maintaining our resourcefulness, creativity, and spontaneity. For your one simple action, I want you to click over from the show notes to a blog post on my website where I share about my signature planning six-pack tool. You can use this simple tool to create a plan for the next six or 12 weeks to implement what you've learned in this Success Foundation series. Now that's a wrap on the series. I hope this has given you some specific next steps you can take as you move forward with what God called you to do. Share your thoughts by leaving a review wherever you listen and be sure to subscribe or follow so you don't miss a thing. Before we run off, let's do a little check-in. Here we are near the end of another month. Did it get away from you again with little progress on your goals and plans? Do you need help figuring out where to focus, but you aren't ready to invest in one-on-one coaching? Then I have just the thing for you, the most cost-effective way to get the benefits of expert input on your goals and plans. With a Move Forward review, you can submit your plans for the month. I'll take a look and make sure your plan is aligned with your goals, that it's doable, and that it's structured in a sequence that makes sense. Then I'll email you my feedback along with resource recommendations for areas where you may be stuck, and perhaps a little tough grace if you need it, just like I give in my one-on-one coaching calls. Y'all, I'm just being honest here. This is the biggest bang for the buck of all my products and services. If you've ever wanted an affordable and time-efficient way to benefit from my project management experience, this is it. You can get all the details at the link in the show notes. And remember, clarity comes from action, and action can be just one simple thing.